If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Today on the show, we talk about destiny. No, not, not that one. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. I'm Lawrence, and today I'm joined by two special guests. Oh, you think we're special? You're special because you've never been on an episode. So our first guest is Nick Wilkinson, and if you don't know Nick, you've definitely heard his music because he's the guy that makes the Lore Party theme music. Hi, Lawrence! Yay! And our special guest, our second special guest is Allie. I'm the most special guest. The most specialist. Yes, the most special guest we have tonight is Allie. She is brand new to the Lore Party team. I definitely am. Thank you for having me. And this is an exciting episode um, because very we, exciting. We're finally doing a Zelda episode. It's something that Yay! people have. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm sorry. Can you can you have you picked up on my excitement yet? Oh, oh my god! Has the microphone has my microphone shown how excited I am yet? Does it show that I am excited for this? <laughs> he is so excited. But this is actually something that a lot of people have asked us about. Um, like, when are you guys going to do an, a Zelda episode? And the answer to that question, we're literally doing it right now. You know, as many of you know, they've recently, they recently released a new Zelda game, The Breath of the Wild. And that's kind of going to be our focal point for this episode. Um, because The Breath of the Wild was a very different experience in terms... It was so good. Yeah, in terms of playing Zelda, there's never, ever been a game that was like this at all in the franchise so silent so quiet so quiet the, the <laughs> just it's so it's so like it's it's the perfect video game because it literally lets you do whatever you want when you want to do it <laughs> like i've never had so much fun playing a video game i've played this game through twice on two separate consoles and both times it was just such an amazingly fun experience Right. And like, speaking of experience, Zelda is very unique in the fact that I feel like everybody that enters into this very long franchise, like they have a different experience of how they started. Most people really don't start on the same game. And if they do, it's a completely different experience. So I kind of wanted to start there. My own personal experience with The Legend of Zelda was like way, way, way back in the day with the OG Game Boy a link um, big old, it was the big old gray brick oh yeah the big old gray plastic brick it was link to the past or no not link to the past i'm sorry it was link's awakening link's awakening was it like black and white and on that thing i never had one of those game boys it's pretty much like green and black with no backlight so nick what was your first experience with zelda my first experience with zelda was on the super nintendo entertainment system or the snes as everyone calls it Ah, the SNES. Everyone. Does anyone say that? Everyone calls it the SNES. Uh, it's, it, I played, uh, <laughs> I remember getting, 
It's the SNES. What? You guys have never heard that term it's before? It's just Super Nintendo. Let's settle down. All right, go ahead. SNES. No! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can have a whole episode about how to describe this, but for now, uh, A Link to the Past is where I started off, and I remember it was essentially me and my brother played that game all the time, and it was back when you could turn off the Super Nintendo, and if you did it just right, you would erase the entire, all of the save files off of the game. Oh, yeah, the special feature. So just feature. wrong? Or? No, it's a special feature. Oh, yeah, it's you, a special feature. You, if you if you hit the power button wrong, the game would reset. Did you want to? <laughs> Not always, but sometimes <laughs> if someone was hogging the video game system, that would happen. Yes. So what about you, Allie? Oh, what about me? So similar-ish, my brothers. I had two. I have two older brothers, and so I was quite young when Ocarina of Time came out. So that was my first game. I played it on my brother's Nintendo 64. Um, we all had our own controller, right? Like, he got the gold one. The oldest brother got the gold one. My middle brother had the green one because that was his favorite color. And I got the crappy black one that came with the... <laughs> okay. the N64. You, you got stuck with the stock controller? Exactly. But I, you know, I held on to it. Like, that one was mine. Like, don't you dare touch that one. That one was actually mine. So it was cool. But yeah, no, Ocarina of Time, I would play my brother's extra save data and would be able to play it myself. And I would get kind of far. I, like, could eat the beginning every time. It was just when you were becoming an adult, like, I couldn't really do that. I didn't like being an adult, though, because I was a seven-year-old girl, and when the uh, zombies started jumping on you, I was I was out. So. Ah, the re-dead. Yeah, the not re-dead. into that. Oh, they were the worst part of that game. Like, it was like, as soon as I saw one on the screen, I would literally cringe yeah, and just and- think... Please don't come near me. Please the don't come near me. The great noise that they made was uh, awesome. Oh, that scream! That scream was yeah. the worst thing in the entire world. Like, there was exactly. nothing worse than listening to that. But Ocarina of Time, it was it was one of the, uh, like, OGs. It was like, it's a really good, it's a really good game to start with, and it's honestly a really good kind of transition into what we want to talk about for this episode, because Ocarina of Time was one of the first instances in Zelda that the uh, timeline split was introduced well it was exactly it was like exactly where the timeline split like was introduced because of the way you traveled through time yeah yeah i mean and it, it split the it split the timeline into what three different three different segments and this has been something that's actually been widely debated amongst nerds for a very long time until nintendo decided to release the hyrule historia which gives you a very concrete way to view each of the timelines right until like breath of the wild came out and no one knew where we were supposed to put this game in the uh in the timeline because there were so many new elements that didn't in any way fall in line with the rest of the series like between these giant sentinel guardians and the you know the sheikah slate that you're carrying around throughout the whole game like nobody knew where this was supposed to land and and the cool thing is it borrowed elements from a lot of previous zelda games too so at the same time people were like okay it goes in this timeline no it goes in this timeline because even the uh, champion's tunic was like reminiscent of the clothes that you wore in wind waker at the beginning yeah 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 it looks just like his uh, his outfit there yeah, and so that was, you know, unique. So a lot of it, initially when the game came out, it was like, oh, this falls under this timeline. 
And, you know, it's like way after uh, you finally find land after traveling, you know, with the King of Red Lions and Zelda and the Wind Waker series. But we've actually come to find out recently that the Breath of the Wild, the timeline or where the place that it falls in the timeline has actually been explained. And it's a lot different than anyone would have ever thought. No, yeah, it's it's so it, it, it's so much cooler than than I, I think I would have ever thought, because my theory was before Nintendo made an official announcement about it. I always thought Breath of the Wild is its own game in its own universe, a way separate from everything else that had happened. They were just going to do this kind of jabber wonky uh <laughs> like like That's reboot of the game <laughs> yeah so thank you uh lewis carroll <laughs> but it seems so similar to ocarina of time in that way so how would you think that it was so far off i i think just because of the guardians like when you get into like the guardian mythos mm. and all of that uh and it feeling so far away from the standard mythology of the game feeling so far away from, you know, like the creation of the universe and the Triforce and the heroes and everything. Uh, you know, you're in this game, you don't see people walking around with pieces of the Triforce on well, uh, their well, hand. And well, hold uh, on. Hold on. <laughs> see, see, I I always thought, though, the, I was one of those people that was like, this is totally right after the Wind Waker. So, like, you know, full disclosure, Wind Waker is one of my favorite installments in the Zelda franchise. Like, Honestly, I, I probably beat that game like forty times. It's ridiculous, but boys, I swear. <laughs> but it it fits in so well where the like Wind Waker left off, and the spirit tracks and whatever. But like you have you have the um what the Roto people the flying people. Yeah, and I think their first introduction was in in correct me if I'm wrong was in Wind Waker. Like right. that was their introduction there. But it was weird because in the Wind Waker, they were also like it was rumored that they were descendant of the Zora people. So they were the Zora people came up on land after the catastrophe and they could, you know, they eventually evolved and could fly. But then you see from Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah. that things. And then you go all the way back to the beginning, like the first iteration of the game. And this has got to sound like total nonsense to anybody who has never played <laughs> Zelda. Like this is so it's also convoluted. And that's what's so great about it. Right. Yeah, there's just so much to dig out of Zelda. Like, it's, it's what, been around since the 80s? It's been around since the 80s, and it's also been, like, you know, translated from Japanese. And so that's actually part of the issue that they even have with themselves, is, like, they the storylines, just in the way that they speak, didn't really translate at all. Like, they had different people translate just the Japanese to English, and then they just made it into English words that made sense and they didn't actually have to follow any certain like the older games i didn't know that like the older games were translated they took it from japanese and they just like translated it into what it directly means in english and then they had someone that does speak english look at it and make it into sentences that made sense for the actual english speakers so it was kind of up to them to interpret what that meant or what that other sentence meant that kind of thing even with all of this new information that I didn't know before, I always still thought it ended with, or it was still a continuation of the Wind Waker. You thought it was part of that, like, uh, that hero wins uh, timeline, the third timeline where Link grows up as an adult and beats Ganondorf, the big bad guy. Right. Like, Ganondorf came back from, and, like, it made sense because 
they pretty much sealed Ganondor or Ganondorf at the bottom of the ocean at the end of Wind Waker. So it's like Ganondorf breaks, you know, free of his body and is like terrorizing everybody as this whole like kind of embodiment of power, um, you know, generations later. What we've come to find out recently is that um, the Breath of the Wild is actually at the end of every single timeline that currently exists, which is crazy. It's a point of inevitability. It's never, it's so cool. Like every, all of these three stories, even though they've like branched out so far away from each other, there's so many possible outcomes at the end of Ocarina of Time. Uh, You know, what if Link just was defeated and never happened? What if he beat Ganon as a kid and he never, you know, got released or as an adult he he was able to defeat the big bad and get through the whole you know the whole thing because it doesn't matter when you do win anyway because it just goes back to it so you're just in this inevitable loop all the time even when you're playing the game Ah. it's so cool (laughs) (laughs) and it doesn't make any sense to me well the only sense that i get from uh breath of the wild being the end is having skyward sword in the beginning because there are so many, like, the power and, like, those mechanical weird magic things. Like, that is the only place that I remember seeing it is in Skyward Sword, really. Oh, So, like, shit. that, right? Like, there's... Oh, you didn't play that one. Yeah, see, Lawrence. okay. Okay, so, yeah, full did disclosure. You? I didn't, since I've just been ratted on, <laughs> I have not actually played Skyward Sword. But I've watched a lot of Let's Plays or, you know play video playthrough videos and i've seen a lot of theories about like things that involve skyward sword so i'm familiar Mm -hmm. and i have the hyrule historia you do (laughs) but it doesn't have breath of the wild in there no but so yeah i don't know that's just that whole that magic thing the magic weird kind of steampunky like strange yeah, the, like, yeah, like they have like the magic machinery, and like don't correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a theory, or in Skyward Sword, they said that like the you know the um, original form of Ganondorf, the the main villain, what was it? It was Hylia and Demise or something. Demise. Okay, yes. Okay, so the original form of Demise and his like evil army actually came from underground, and they were like accidentally released. And so when you go over to, like, you know, Breath of the Wild, they had actually, like, they found the Guardian machine, or, yeah, the, the Guardians and the um, Divine Beasts were all buried underground as well. So that's actually pretty interesting. Oh, dude, I never made that connection. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, just making that right now. That's actually pretty cool. Good point there, Allie. No, you. Good point, you guys. Hey, good, good point, everyone. Yeah, except for you. These are good points. I didn't have. Well, here's the point. Here, okay, I'm gonna bring up my point. Bring it in, Nick. I'm bringing it in. Okay, so all of these timelines, and it's it's really cool. So in in this whole path, I I like to use the reference to like a sound wave, where a perfect sine wave has its up and downs, but in between each up and down, there is that point of perfection, the zero point, and that's kind of what Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild are here. You have these stories that go out of control and chaos and come back to this one point. They all re- they all remain constant in the fact that there's this inevitability that they are going to re- end up at the same place and there's no controlling that. And honestly, it's kind of crazy when you think about 
like all of these, you know, everything that's happened so far, all of the debates on where all of these games go and blah 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 timelines and all that. And we're all we're ending up at the same point, and that point is Breath of the Wild. So like that has a huge impact on the Zelda universe and the franchise as a whole. There's like there's no there's you know there's no more debate. We're back at one timeline essentially. Right, like we're we're back in the beginning. We're back at the start of a brand new Zelda world. I think like to kind of kind of bring it bring it all together. What makes the Breath of the Wild really unique in the Zelda universe is the Breath of the Wild is the most modern Zelda game in all facets. It's modern in its gameplay, uh, it's modern in its storyline, and it's modern in how the different um, like characters, like their experiences in the world compared to the different Zelda games. Like stories about like the creation of the world with the three goddesses, they're not. It's not present in the in like this day and age because. It, seems like the focus is more on like science and technology that makes sense no yeah absolutely it makes total sense because usually the gameplay for zelda games is you start out the game and you learn about the creation of the triforce and you learn about the creation of the universe and where it all came from and in this game you don't learn any of that yeah and it's it, so it's like a good it's a good reset in all fat like kind of all uh, facets but it's a reboot without being an entire reboot, which is what I think they did such a good job of doing. It's not an entire erasure of the previous games. Exactly. And that's it. I mean, it fits that classic Legend of Zelda style where they're doing something without explicitly stating that they're doing it. But now you get an iPhone. Exactly. You get a giant <laughs> iPhone with magic powers. And you can take pictures, and you'll remember things. Yeah, totally. And that about wraps it up for this episode, folks. We hope you enjoy. If you did, maybe take a second to review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening. And stay swifty. Stay swifty.